This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guest on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, busy on a football Friday. With a healthy sprinkle of basketball worked in as the NBA regular season begins next week. College championship games tomorrow. My team involved. It couldn't get any better and we will be jam-packed today. Diana Rossini in just a few minutes with the latest from New Orleans. Sal Palantonio today. Ninko today. David Pollock today. And the question of the day is a good one. Who wins a title first, Harden or Giannis? I'll tell you why the answer isn't as obvious as everyone seems to think it is. All that and more is on the way. But there is only... One place to begin. We have the enormous news breaking just moments ago. This according to Adam Schefter. Drew Brees will be the Saints quarterback this Sunday when they welcome the Kansas City Chiefs to town. Get hands in his face, get helmets on his body, and put him on the ground. All right, what this means, as you have by now most likely heard with Adam Schefter breaking the news about 9.45 Eastern time this morning that Drew Brees, as I told you yesterday was going to happen, will be the starting quarterback for the Saints this weekend against Kansas City. It means two things. One, it means the best game of the weekend just got better. It is easily, could easily be described as a Super Bowl preview. The Saints, who have been on and off, the best team in the NFC all year, and the Chiefs, who are the defending champs and are the best team in football because of their quarterback. So it means that. It means that that incredibly compelling game became that much more compelling. It also, for me and to me, means it becomes the game you will watch holding your breath And I'm thinking about a game, Bubba, you'll remember this because you're a Cowboy fan. When Tony Romo was playing with a collapsed lung and Romo, they put a flak jacket on him and he played, I want to say it was a Monday night game. And I remember every time the defense got within reach of him, you had to hold your breath because you realize what we're dealing with here. Let's just think through what's going to happen. Drew Brees is going to get a pain-killing shot. Let's just talk about football for what it actually is. They have made football a lot prettier than it was in my youth. Football now is a lot less violent. But at the end of the day, it is still a sport where the objective is to inflict punishment upon your opponent. And Drew Brees is a walking target with those ribs. And again, a punctured lung that he suffered five weeks ago. And he will be out there, he'll be wearing all kinds of padding, whatever it is, and they will shoot it up. So he'll be feeling no pain, especially when that game begins. But think about what that means. That means he could get hit, he could get hurt and not even know it. This scares me to death. I find this a very anxiety-riddled circumstance to see him come back, to see this player, to see this extraordinarily good person putting himself in harm's way in this way. And do not get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that anyone is putting his health in unnecessary jeopardy. These doctors don't clear him unless he is cleared. The coaches and Breeze himself, I can't believe, would go out there if they didn't believe he was capable of defending himself. But there is still the reality that those defenders, defensive players are well aware of what the target for them is. And that target is going to be to the body. 
Like fighters used to say back in the day, go to the body, go to the body. They'll be going to the body on Drew Brees every chance they get. Or, as Bart Scott so eloquently put it on Get Up This Morning, they'll be putting some barbecue sauce on that. If this is a team that I may have to face in the Super Bowl, I'm going to make sure I do some damage. I'm going to inflict as much damage as I can, especially early in the game, knowing that I have a great offense that can match them score for score. So he has a target on him. They're going to put some barbecue sauce on the ribs. We're going to see if, if Drew Brees is about that smoke. 85% is not enough for me because I need him for the duration of the playoffs. I'm going to be targeting that. I'm going to fall on it. And if I get a fine, we'll have a pool for the FedEx. Now, so that might sound terrible to you if you don't really – I can only imagine what that must sound like to people who don't understand the psychology and mentality of the sport. Here's a person with a serious injury. This is not a sprained ankle, you know, ribs and a punctured lung. And the defensive players are going to go at it. They're going to attack it. That is just the way it is. I'm not here to make a value judgment. That's what football is. That's what football has been since its inception. And that's one thing they haven't legislated out of it. So I don't know about you, but I will be watching that game to some degree the way I watch horror movies. Every now and again, kind of looking away because you're afraid of what might jump out from behind uh, a closed door. So we'll see. Now, is it the right thing to do? Assuming, and, and I don't even have to say this. It goes without saying that they have signed off on this medically. Under no, I do not want anyone to confuse what I'm saying. In no way am I suggesting that the Saints are putting Drew Brees in harm's way. This is just the reality. Football is a physical game. The potential for injury exists, and in this case, it feels magnified. But in no way am I suggesting they're putting him in harm's way, knowingly. So, now what else does it mean for the game? I'll give you one quick side note, as this is many people's fantasy league semifinals, or if you're like me and you play DraftKings every week, it makes Alvin Kamara extraordinarily valuable. It's not very complicated. In this season, in games in which Taysom Hill has been the quarterback for the Saints, Alvin Kamara has been running back 18. He has been the 18th highest scoring running back in fantasy. In games started by Drew Brees, he's been first. He is RB1 with Drew Brees. He is RB18 with Taysom Hill. So one byproduct of this is that Alvin Kamara clearly becomes a much bigger part of the offense. But that's just where the conversation begins. Diana's going to join me in a second. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones, right? It happens. Now Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at Ashurion.com slash straight talk limitations and exclusions apply. This is the overwhelming story of the day. Diana Rossini will be covering this game for us Sunday at the Superdome and is as, as, as tied in with the Saints as any reporter there is. And she joins me now at the latest on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Hi again, Diana. And, and as we did at the end of the show, please feel free to just sort of empty the notebook. Give us everything you've got on this decision and what we think it means. Yeah, hi, Greeny. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, this is a really big story just because of what the Saints' timeline had been. It was sort of a best-case scenario that he would return for this game. And I really got the sense after the Sunday night loss to the Eagles that Taysom Hill was going to get the start against, against the defending Super Bowl champs. And Monday, Drew Brees went out, he practiced with the trainers, he went through a full workout, the coaches saw the tape, 
and they were shocked how good Drew Brees looked. So then word started to spread, Drew's going to go. So starting on Wednesday, he started to take first-team reps and looked really good in practice. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of layers to this story. Is this a good decision? Are they taking too much of a risk? Um, We know the quarterback depth chart now. It goes Drew Brees, Jameis Winston, and, of course, Taysom Hill because they're going to need him out there on the field to be the Swiss Army knife in that role. I can expect to see, or we can expect to see a, a pretty big package for Taysom Hill in this one as they're going to try to do as much as they can to protect Drew Brees. But really, uh, a pretty impressive job from this organization. Here we are on a Friday, and the Kansas City Chiefs defense just finding out who the starter is. Yes, and that's clearly part of what the game was here, right, is that Sean wanted the Chiefs to spend all week preparing for Taysom Hill. I will admit, until sometime yesterday when these smoke signals started to come out of there a little bit, I absolutely expected it to either be Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. What what more do you know, as I'm sure you've been talking to everyone down there, what more do you know about any other precautions that will be involved for him? Um, extra padding, flak jacket, or whatever those are called, those vests. I remember seeing players wear what. What more do we know about that kind of protection for Breeze? It's a great question because I'm actually working on it now. So Sunday NFL countdown, Sunday morning, our big pregame show. That's the stuff that we want to talk about because Mm -hmm. this is going to be unique. As as healthy as Drew Breeze feels, even though he's not 100%, he's in that 85-90% range according to some people I spoke to there. Um, They're going to be very cautious with it. So uh, I was told he will wear a vest, but of, of all the athletes I've covered Grady over the years, he is the biggest creature of habit. Um, so I do think it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to handle this change, right? Having something heavy around your chest to protect your ribs and all the injuries, all 11 ribs that we know and, and the lung uh, that we know he's dealing with. And I'm hoping to get some more information for this weekend's show about what exactly it is he's going to wear it, it, you know, are they going to try to tape them up or is it going to be an actual vest? So uh, I'm digging in on that one uh, as of now. But I do know that the Saints feel really good about going into this game with Drew Brees. And, and a lot of it has to do with those Camara numbers that you were just listing off. He is a different player with Drew Brees under center. Greeny with Diana Rossini were presented by Progressive Insurance. Um, and so then that brings us to the urgency That loss last week was a really damaging loss. To lose to a bad Eagles team starting a rookie quarterback, that was a bad loss because it puts them behind the Packers and perhaps if they were to lose this Sunday, hopelessly behind the Packers for the one seed in New Orleans or or, or in the NFC. Do we have any sense of how the urgency played into this decision? Yes, uh, I I do. I I got the sense uh, over the last 24 hours that they're feeling pressed to make sure they win this game. Um, They they don't panic as an organization. I've never sensed it over the years. Uh, Granted, when they've been bounced in the playoffs three years in a row, uh, having conversations with them after it, they they obsess over it. Sean Payton was was, uh, watching film of their next opponent that they weren't even playing last year. Mm. I was like, it's over, dude. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, why are (laughs) you watching film? Uh, Because he just, they couldn't let it go. Um, Here's the thing. Let's, let's just talk the big picture of that and, and tapping into how this team looks at, at, at going far in this playoff and, and really winning a Super Bowl. Three heartbreaks in a row. It, it's one thing to do one or two, but three in a row 
is crushing. And and their whole vibe this season, Greeny, is a little different. You know, we talk about how, uh, you know, I was sort of pointing out that they've kept this under wraps so well. That's a big part of this. And, and it, it seems a little inside baseball for reporter world. But this is a team where, you know, if, if you chat with a few people, you can get some information out of them. This season, this team is really united. And I do think a lot of it goes back to some of the issues they had in the offseason with Drew Brees. And, and I remember talking to you on Get Up, and, and, you know, we kept saying, could this team separate? Could they lose that, that sort of nucleus, that, this feeling of family that you see in that locker room? And, and I remember talking to you and Scott Van Pelt on his show going, this is the best thing to ever happen to the Saints. They feed off this kind of thing. Anything to bring them together, anything to sort of give them the chip and have all of us believe that they can't be that great. Um, they thrive on that. So I, I truly believe that this is going to be a kind of game where they're going to feel like they're back to themselves. And, and I expect a, a, an excellent performance against a very, very good Chiefs team. Well, in, in so many ways, this now becomes maybe the most compelling game of the entire year. And you will be there with the coverage and it's outstanding. Diana, thank you. Have a great weekend. I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. Have a good weekend. All right, that's Diana Rossini with me here on ESPN Radio. And a little later today, we will invite you to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. The college football season is heating up, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. So that is the game of the weekend in the NFL. There's no question, but there are quite a few very compelling games. And so that leads us to my friend, Mr. Hashtag Bubba, who's going to play a little music for us. And we're going to run through what we perceive to be maybe the five most interesting games of the NFL Sunday. And I will tell you exactly how they are going to go. Bubba, let's get that party started. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got? Hello. Hello, hashtag Bubba. So you're going to give me five games. You're going to give me the point spreads. And I'm going to tell you exactly how they're going to play out. That's the plan. Well done. Let's do number five. Let's do it. Patriots at Dolphins. And yeah, Patriots find themselves one game below 500 and third place in the AFC East. In this game, we got Miami minus three. So who you got in this one? Miami is a three-point favorite in this game. Who would have thought that we would live to see a day where the Dolphins would be favored by three points over Bill Belichick's Patriots in December? And I'm telling you right now, at least for this weekend, Bill has them right where he wants them. I don't need to consult any notes. Your eyes will tell you. Rookie quarterbacks get eaten alive by Bill Belichick. Did you see what he did to Justin Herbert two weeks ago? Herbert, who has been the best rookie quarterback, not just this year, but in recent memory, got blanked, blitzed by Belichick. He just destroys rookie quarterbacks, and Tua will be no different. The Patriots are going to win this game straight up. Give me New England plus the three on the road for the upset and the straight up win. Bubba, next game. Browns at Giants. All right, and for this one, we're not really sure what's going on with the Giants. Could be Daniel Jones, could be Colt McCoy, but no matter what, it's Cleveland minus four and a half. So who you got in this one? Yeah, I think that regardless of the quarterback, the Browns are just a better team. I was very impressed 
with the Cleveland Browns on Monday night. That might have been the best loss any team had this NFL season. They are they are convincing a lot of people they are for real. I also think that to whatever degree the Freddie Kitchens on the other sideline is a factor here. It does not work against Cleveland. It might work against the Giants. I, I think it will ultimately have no impact on the game. But I like the Browns here big. I think they win easily. The Giants, that loss last weekend was devastating. Daniel Jones does not look the same. If he plays without his mobility, he's a bad player. Colt McCoy isn't beating the Browns. I, I still don't know how they won that game at Seattle. They won't win this one. I will take Cleveland minus the four and a half. Hashtag Bubba, what's our next game? Seattle at Washington. Yeah, this one we got Seattle. They've won three of four. Washington, they've won four in a row. Also, this one, not sure what's going on with the quarterback. Could be Alex Smith. Also, could be Dwayne Haskins. So, we'll see what's going on there. But it's Seattle minus six. So, who you got? Yeah, that's a big if. You know, the, the difference between Alex Smith, who's got a calf, who hasn't practiced all week, and Dwayne Haskins, who has really struggled. And when he came on last week, looked really bad. That is a big difference in this game. Either way, if you're playing the game today, I believe you take Seattle and you give the points based A, on the possibility that it is Haskins and based B, on the fact that Seattle has had its clunker, has had its bad game. And Washington, while they've been a revelation and Chase Young is on the verge, I think, of being one of the best defensive players in the sport, if he isn't already, I I think that they are due. This is not a team that is... They're not going to run into the playoffs on a 12-game winning streak or whatever it would add up to by the time we get to the end there. I like Seattle in this game, and I will I will hesitantly give the points. I think if Alex Smith plays, it's probably much closer than the number. But for the purposes of the pick today, I will take Seattle, and I will give the points. This is Greeny with hashtag Bubba going through who you got. We got two more games. Bubba, let's go. Eagles at Cardinals. Yeah, and this one we got Jalen Hurts making his second start, but Arizona minus six and a half here. So who you got? Who the hell knows? I I, I have no feel for this game. Do you have a feel for this game, Bubba? I have no. We're going to have Sal Palantonio on in an hour, mostly because I have no feel whatsoever for this game. Do you? No feel. No feel. You are feelless as 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 much as I am. Which no says to me, here's what I say: If I have no feel on the game. I revert to what my overarching thought is. My overarching thought is the Cardinals are good and the Eagles are bad. And so in that regard, I will take Arizona to win the game. But did you say six and a half? Six and a half. I think it's too many. I think in a game that you have no feel for an Eagles team that just beat New Orleans, I think if you're going to get that many points, you take them. So the official pick on this program is going to be the Eagles plus the six and a half in the desert. Bubba, one more. Chiefs at Saints. All right, game of the weekend, battle of first place. And as we open with the show here, Drew Brees is back. But it's Kansas City minus three. Who you got? Yeah, uh, Kansas City, a three-point favorite on the road. We were keeping an eye on that today to see if the line would move when the announcement came about Brees, and it hasn't because it was three points then. Now, that might have been baked in because... Word started to circulate yesterday. If you were listening to my show yesterday, I told you this was going to happen because word was starting to get around yesterday that it was going to be Breeze. So maybe that's why it doesn't move. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. The Chiefs are going to win this game. The Chiefs are going to win this game. You don't ever pick against Patrick Mahomes. 
Patrick Mahomes took a 30-yard sack and got picked three times last week and still won and still almost threw for 400 yards. The Saints defense just lost to Jalen Hurts. Imagine what Mr. Mahomes is going to do to them. Kansas City minus three on the road is a winning number. I take them. I take the. Uh, it, it's, it's the Chiefs are minus three, right? You said the Chiefs are the three point favorite. Yes. Yeah. I, I give the points. The official pick is going to be Chiefs minus three. I, be, I believe they win that game by double digits. That is who you got. Those are my official predictions looking ahead to the weekend. Bubba, do you have a read? I do not. You okay, can continue. Well, I, I like that you have no feel. That's a, it's a feel-free game. There's no way no feel. to get a feel on that game. Okay, we have so much that we're doing today. My question of the day is a good one. I will give you that in just a couple of minutes here, and I will tell you why the answer is not nearly as obvious as everyone seems to be acting as though it is. Plus, we have not yet gotten to what is by far the most consequential game of the football weekend, but we will next, and we'll tell you exactly what it means. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. A very happy holidays and Merry Christmas from our family to yours at ESPN Radio. I am Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance, cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. Also, a reminder, this show is a podcast every single day. Each hour is its own individual podcast. It's called Hashtag Greeny, and you can find it anywhere you get your podcast. David Pollack will join me shortly here, and we'll talk about the Notre Dame-Clemson game, which is the most consequential football game of the weekend by far because it impacts so many other teams beyond the two that are playing. But this story just came across, and I heard Christine mentioned it in SportsCenter there, but I can give you a little more color. This is in a story from our Andrea Adelson, who was covering Notre Dame for us. She reports that Brian Kelly, the coach at Notre Dame, said, if the Irish are chosen to make the college football playoff, they would consider not playing if families are not allowed to attend the semifinals. 
He said, quote, I'm not sure we'll play in the playoffs if the parents can't be there. Why would we play if you can't have families at the game? If you can't have families at bowl games, why would you go to a game where your families can't be part of it? What's the sense of playing a game in an area of the country where nobody can be part of it? Let me give you a little bit of an explanation of what this is about. One of the two semifinals this year is at the Rose Bowl. And in the state of California, as of right now, the rule is that there will be no attendance. That the players who go, let's, I'm just making this up, let's say it's Notre Dame and Alabama who wind up playing in the Rose Bowl. That the Alabama kids' families can't go, the Notre Dame kids' families can't go. You have seen that even in the most limited attendance circumstances, for the most part, players' families have been there. You'll see these tiny smatterings of, of fans sitting in the stands. And what, what those are generally are the families of the players who should be able to be there. And so I'll tell you what I hear Brian Kelly saying. I don't really think I hear Brian Kelly saying, we're not going to go play in this game if they play it there. I think what we hear Brian Kelly saying there is, why the hell are we playing it there if we can't have anybody in the stands? And you know what? He's obviously absolutely right. And it is a perfect example of just how ridiculous college sports can be sometimes. We must maintain the tradition of this game being played in the Rose Bowl. You can play it anywhere. You can play the game literally anywhere. What difference does it make if there's no one sitting in the stands? Put the game in a place that at minimum the kids' families can go to. Are you kidding? So it makes no sense. So again, do I think that Notre Dame will, will forfeit a semifinal? Absolutely not. I think that this is the coach putting appropriate pressure on the powers that be. And frankly, I don't know exactly who makes that decision. We'll try and find that out. You know what, guys? Let's see if we can get Heather on. I'd be curious. to Heather Dinich will have all this information for us. Um, no one knows more about that stuff than she does. Just buzz Heather and see if she can pop in here at some point. Because I'd like to get the answer to that. How will that decision ultimately be made? Because the two semifinals are at the Sugar Bowl, which is New Orleans, which means the families will be there. They'll have limited, um, you know, fans at that game. And then at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, which, don't get me wrong, is, is one of the most spectacular settings in the world. I've covered Rose Bowl games, and I've covered, I covered a Super Bowl in the Rose Bowl. And there's no better place to play a big football game. But there's no worse place to play it if they're not going to let you have the, the families of the players there. It, it, it is nonsensical. So I believe that's what Brian Kelly is really saying. I, I think he's saying, if you're going to make us go play there, we're not going to play. And knowing full well that what that ultimately would lead to is them moving the game. There's no way in the world they're not having that game played. So I'll be interested to see how this thing winds up shaking out. And I, 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 I'm not going to credit Brian Kelly because I, don't, I think he's just stating something that all the rest of us are thinking. And I think this is something that is going to gain momentum amongst that crowd all the people who talk about this stuff regularly i think you will hear a lot more talk about this over the next couple of days so we will have more on that as we go again we'll try and get heather on we're supposed to have david pollock at some point here and we'll look ahead to notre dame clemson to northwestern ohio state alabama florida the big 12 game is oklahoma iowa state all these games have enormous implications so tomorrow is one of the truly great college football days you could ever possibly get to in the meantime let me get while i have a moment here to my question of the day i will make this straight talk brought to you by straight talk wireless pretty much every day i will post a question of the day on my twitter page and i usually make it in the form of a poll not always but it usually is 
And I thought today's was a pretty good question. And the voting suggests you don't agree. On my Twitter page, at ESPN Graney, I posted the question, who wins an NBA championship first, Giannis or James Harden? I have almost 12,000 votes right now. We'll keep this open for about another hour. So you can, again, you can vote on Twitter at ESPN Greeny if you'd like to. 91% of the response says Giannis. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm scratching my head. If everything goes the way we're expecting it to go, James Harden is going to be traded in the next five days, let's call it, probably to the Brooklyn Nets maybe the Philadelphia 76ers. And I ask you, if you put James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving on one team in the Eastern Conference, you like Milwaukee to beat them? If you put James Harden and Joel Embiid in Philadelphia together, because I believe they would trade Simmons to get him, with the other pieces that they have there, and Doc is the coach now, do you like Milwaukee to beat them? I don't know. I think Harden is about to get traded. The reason I put the question up, there isn't any doubt. If if the question, if people are interpreting the question as though I'm asking who's the more integral component on a championship team or anything like that, then yes, I agree with the voting. But that's not the question. The question is who's going to win a title first? And I think Harden might be on the verge of getting traded right into that. If he winds up in Brooklyn next week, the Rockets open their season Wednesday. I think there's a very good chance he gets traded before that. So in the next five or six days, he could wind up a Brooklyn net playing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I think they become the overwhelming favorites in the Eastern Conference. They probably become the second favorite in the sport behind LeBron's Lakers. So I'm confused by this response. It makes me wonder if I phrased the question incorrectly. Although I'm not sure how much clearer it can be. Who wins an NBA championship first? I think if I had to bet money on that right now, I might bet it on Harden because I think he's about to get traded to a team that's about to become the favorite. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Again, David Pollack is still to come. Great guests that are still on the way. Uh, But we will also hear from what has become, I think, the overwhelming frustration of a lot of people with regard to college football. And it might go the longest way anything ever has toward creating lasting change in the sport. That is next... Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Grainy back with you on ESPN Radio. Extremely big news coming in just the last little while. Brian Kelly, the head coach at Notre Dame, said on a Zoom call today that, quote, I'm not sure we'll play in the playoffs if the parents can't be there. Why would we play if you can't have families at the game? That, of course, would be the circumstance at the Rose Bowl in California. And right now for insight on that, we bring in our college football insider, Heather Dinich, and our analyst extraordinaire, David Pollock. They are both on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. Guys, thank you both. Let me dive right in. Heather, you tweeted that, that uh, Brian Kelly's anger is misguided. Why? Well, because the college football playoff selection committee has nothing to do with family attendance at the Rose Bowl. Zero. The college football playoff can't change that rule either. They can change the location of it. They've said they don't plan to do that as of right now. His anger is misdirected because this is a state regulation that is in response to the coronavirus pandemic. The Rose Bowl has issued a second appeal at the state level to ask for a special exemption to allow players, families, and coaches, families, and guests at the game. Latest, I'm told, they have not been heard, heard back yet about that appeal. But it's not the committee or the CFP that can change this rule. Understood, but they can change the one thing that matters, Heather, and I think you touched on it there. I think what I hear Brian Kelly is saying, if we can't have our families at the game, why the hell are we playing it there? Well, because, for one, there's a contract involved, a significant contract with the Rose Bowl, and while you can change that... um, the question is how you get the Rose Bowl and when you get the Rose Bowl that game back. Um, so it's not easy. Can it be done? Yes. If they have to do it, will they do it? Yes, they probably will. Bill Hancock has not gone into hypotheticals as to what their plan might be if the coronavirus forces them out. But at this point, no one is expecting that they won't be able to play the game there. David, what do you think of all this? I think it sucks. I mean, when you, when you think about all the, the these kids have been through this year, like one of the biggest uh, outlets and the, the ways you keep yourself centered, listen, it's just like everybody else that works in this world, right? You have a job and you do it every day, every day. And it might be a great job like these kids get to do with playing football, but it gets tiresome. And now you add testing and not being able to see people, not being able to have an outlet to hang out. Like you want to experience these opportunities and experience these things with your family. So – they got to figure out a way to make it right. I don't care whose responsibility is. I know Heather was talking about it's not the college football playoffs' responsibility. Well, then tell them you're going to change the venue, for goodness sakes. I mean, I would just do whatever I could to make sure this could happen, and it should happen, by the way. It's a huge stadium. It can hold, it can hold the families easily and space it 20, 20 feet apart, for God's sake. So I think, I think Brian Kelly, good for him for bringing it up for his players and fighting for his players, and I bet you it gets solved. Yeah, you okay. know what? Yeah, go ahead, Heather. I want to make a point that Brian Kelly's boss, Jack Swarbrick, is on the CFP committee. He could walk across the hall, which maybe he has done, and say, Jack, you need to push harder for this, or, or whatever it might be. So, I mean, there, there is that line of defense. But, look, um, Pollock is right. Like, you can spread families out, and the CFP also wants families there. It's not like they don't agree with him, but they're trying to get the government to change that and have a special exemption for it. So they agree with Brian Kelly. And the other point is that Big Ten has played without fans all year long. 
all year long. Not one Big Ten player has seen their parents in the stands, at, at least I, I don't think. Uh, let, let me ask one quick question here, and, and, and maybe the answer to this is really obvious. But if there are no fans there, then why is it so valuable to the Rose Bowl to have the game in their stadium? Do, 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 you, do you follow the question I'm asking? Like, I, I get that there's a rotation and, and that they, they owe this to them or whatever it is. But if there's nobody there and they're just going to play in an empty stadium, what difference does it really make where they play it? Fair question. <laughs> I right? I mean, what, I the, mean, what the hell it, difference does it make? It's, it's the history and the tradition of the Rose Bowl. The only thing that would be lost here is that. At a moment when the NCAA is, is actually going to the Supreme Court to try and convince the world that what we have here is not a business, but that the student-athletes have to be treated differently, literally in the Supreme Court. At the same time, they are saying, we can't move this game so that the kids' families can come watch them play what might be the last game of their college careers because we have a contract with the Rose Bowl. Frankly, it's enough to make you want to smash your head against the wall. David Pollack, very quickly. Heather, thank you for jumping in here. I, I so appreciate the insight. If you hear anything else, I'm on another hour. Call me back. Um, let me, while I have just a minute with David Pollack here, let me very quickly go through these other ones with you. Uh, the Notre Dame Clemson game, obviously totally different from last time because they have Trevor Lawrence. Give me the key to the game. I think it's going to be fun to watch this game because Trevor Lawrence and his ability to run the football. I mean, granny, every big game, I went back and watched Pittsburgh and Virginia Tech and, and Ohio State last year. And I'm just talking about this year from what I've seen from Trevor Lawrence. The key to his, the game will be his feet. It'll be his legs. He always gets underrated as an athlete. But if you're watching this offense, they're not. Clemson is not near as good as they have been on the offensive line. They're going to need Trevor Lawrence to run for over 60 yards in this game to carry the ball 10 to 15 times in this game if they're going to win. I, I think Clemson, or, uh, Trevor Lawrence's legs are every bit as important as his arms. David Pollack with me here on ESPN Radio. You know I watch every snap of Northwestern season, and what a different conversation we'd be having if they didn't just have one bad day. My team went out and played one bad day, not taking anything away from Michigan State. They deserved to win that game. Northwestern didn't play well. I think that would completely change the narrative going into this game. What chance do you give Northwestern of pulling off a win that would stun most people? I don't give them a big chance, but I tell you what, it's been, it's been fun to watch, and I know you've had a blast with it, Greeny, but... I just the speed and athletic differential between the two teams is just huge. Uh, Northwestern would have to do um, would have to just do the, the impossible. They would have to t- create turnovers left and right and speed Justin Fields up and confuse. Them. I think their pass defense and their linebackers are good enough to to maybe make life a little bit difficult. But then can you catch uh, Justin Fields when he pulls it down and and makes plays? I think the defense is going to have to play better than it has. And and I think the chance on the other side ball control. Run the football. You ran the football last game. King Hillis, run the football. Keep it balanced. Keep it slow. Make it ugly. Make it grimy. And, and win a close one. We'll see if we can do it. I'm up against the clock here. David, thank you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy it. It's a huge weekend. And I will talk to you next week when all will be revealed. Again, Sunday is when the College Football Playoff Committee will, will make its announcement. At noon Eastern, you'll see it on ESPN. Depending on how this weekend plays out tomorrow, there will either be enormous drama going into it or almost none. And that's the beauty of it. But I have a lot more to say about this Rose Bowl thing, and I will do so next. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.